You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Chris Euler. We're broadcasting live from Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich, South Dakota giving the glory of God through the saints and sanctification of souls as we celebrate and remember all God's glory this morning. And Chris, uh, just kind of reminiscing at the break here, Mm. it's coming up on one year. I remember it was a solemn feast of St. Joseph last year, uh, 2020. We were gathered right here again at Holy Cross. We were doing Real Presence Live, and the announcement had just taken place within a matter of, 48 hours that, uh, you know, because of the COVID pandemic, the entire, everything was shut down. And so here we are one year later. Uh, I remember that day. There's a, there's a tradition. And some of you, now that it's the year of St. Joseph, which is pretty awesome. Thanks to Holy Father Pope Francis, that uh, there's a tradition, an Italian tradition of of St. Joseph's blessing of a blessing of pastries and breads and rolls. And last year in anticipation, I had ordered up like, you know, 25 like <laughs> rolls and bread for people after mass yeah. and i had the whole tray here and it was just me and eli who's our one of our producers from real presence radio and chris and no one could come to church and i had all these pastries left uh-huh. over i ended up eating them we were locked down we couldn't go anywhere and the pandemic and eating it, our eating our feelings away <laughs> <laughs> and it was Lent. Well, that was a solemnity. Right, when yeah. I could only celebrate so much. And I remember, uh, you know, masses were suspended. Uh, the calendar was kind of cleared. I was still praying the mass every day, Chris, but it was so bizarre. And uh, I think when Eli, the producer, was here, I just... Afterwards, I remember I went hunting because uh, there's... Uh, for our listeners, if you don't know, I'm an avid waterfowl hunter. And in the spring, there is a... There's a waterfowl season for uh, light geese or, or snow geese, and we live in the heart of the flyway here. So yeah. uh, mass was suspended, so I said, well, I guess I'm just going hunting, you know, <laughs> and uh, had some success with that. But, Chris, you know, what a, what a year it's been, you know. Holy cow. Yeah. Just kind of reminiscing on all the changes. Your life as a teacher was suspended as classes were yep. you know, uh halted during that period of time and i had to go all online and make those adjustments there and uh you know my students i I teach i taught all the seniors last year so that was a big a big struggle for them uh to be able to not be able to finish out their senior year like they had envisioned um and then myself too as as their teacher you know and not only were we teaching the content but it was kind of took a role of like uh, just making connection and making sure that they're doing okay. So it was a, it was just bizarre, uh, not really ideal. But we got through it. We've been able to uh, come up with new and creative ways to teach, to evangelize. Uh, I watched a lot of cool Netflix shows that <laughs> helped me. I got yeah. some got some more good content for my bad jokes and. Uh, you know, I, some of these shows gave me some good, like people to compare if I'm teaching a lesson on, like, for example, I'm about to teach a lesson on, uh, teach about the seven deadly sins. So I've got some, some awesome characters that exemplify some of them. You know, we got Michael Scott from the office is 
or uh, representing very much so like that envy character right sure you got a couple others uh from these shows so i i built my i i built my repertoire of people from hollywood well not the, like their characters so yeah i mean it had it pros and cons you know well I, i'm glad you had that time to uh, go to the toolbox and and as you continue to try to tap into you know you're working with teenagers and yeah yeah you're, you're <laughs> teaching religion and so uh not necessarily uh trying to you know use the content of our faith the teachings on the virtues and also vices right um and then using what you already know your students are exposed to uh, to try to help them integrate the, the lessons we learn from our catholic faith and how they apply that to the things they observe in this world and um again that's uh uh, one thing we've talked about here on Real Presence Live before is like monitoring our screen time mm-hmm. and, and being aware of the content that we receive. And that's something, Chris, that I've even included here. We're in the penitential season, season of Lent, and on an examination of conscience that I create for young people and students. Uh, I've created in some of those areas under the commandments of the areas where there can be temptations uh, and to misuse making bad decisions for bad content, you know, yes. and that's something I want my students and families to raise that awareness of, that like, just as we can eat junk food and we know it's harmful for our bodies, that's um, common sense, we still make, sometimes we make bad decisions, you know, I might eat a whole bag of something that's not good for me. Same is true when you sit down in front of your digital device. You may right. make a decision um, to observe something that might be junk media or junk streaming TV, and it might eat up a lot of time. It might not exemplify holiness or the virtues, and it might actually uh, really strengthen you know, poor character qualities you know, in the life of, of us as individuals. And so this is something as uh, moral beings that God has created, we... We choose good, we become good. If we choose bad, we become bad. You know, right. and this is part of the natural law, the natural order of things as God has created. And so, I'm proud of you, like working with your students on that and teaching them. You know, Chris, as a teacher, how do you think students are are responding now? Here, we live. Uh, we're you're teaching here in Eastern South Dakota, where uh, by and large there has been. Uh, uh, thanks be to God, we're grateful. We have leadership uh, both in our church leadership, but also in our local governance that has permitted you know, students' participation in the life of the church, but not all our listening area. Right now we have a lot of listeners in other regions in the upper Midwest um, where they have ha- had different experiences, uh, different levels of leadership or right. different restrictions that have been placed on them. As a teacher, how have you observed the year of the pandemic affecting your students? And I ask you that in general, not to pick on a particular student at yeah. all or anything. Well, one thing, it's kind of been like this weird dichotomy. You've got a lot who uh, were really, really uh, ready to get back to school. And most of them were ready to be back there for the social aspect. Um, and it's even like they're much more, I've noticed a more of a gratitude uh, kind of more of a gratitude mentality in a lot of the kids. Um, you've got some that found that learning online was really good for them. Mm. You know, so it's kind of like this weird both end. Um, but when it comes to kind of the, and when I, yes, content is important and they learn the stuff, but when I look at kind of like the, the general 
well-being of my students, be it spiritual, be it mental, uh, it, it ha- it's had a pretty great effect on them. Mm. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely been more opportunities for students to have fear. Uh, there's been more opportunities for students to kind of feel maybe isolated or alone. And so uh, I would say the impact has been, mm, I don't know, it's hard to say it's negative or positive, but it, it ebbs and flows. A lot of them have uh, experienced people who have had COVID. Not many of them have had it themselves, thanks be to God. Uh, and they've, you know, they've seen on the news the number of deaths and uh, X, Y, and Z about vaccines and this. And so apart from just the COVID just canceling school, they've just been bombarded with so many things. Uh, so kind of like this holistic approach on a lot of fronts for my kids has been... Uh, it's been an interesting thing to navigate uh, because there's just so much that went on. And I, we don't really know. We can't say the full effect of it right now. You know, it's, it's pretty fresh. A lot of them uh, have purposely stayed very, very busy so as to not to deal with things. And I think that's how we as humans sometimes try to maybe play the avoidance card. Um, but overall, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say right now. How is it going to affect our kids in the long term? And how is it going to affect education, uh, affect uh, our world as a whole? Because the it's okay right now to say we just don't know, and that's the fact. The yeah. Matter. Well, uh, recently I was uh, reminiscing with a number member of the parish, and you know some of our senior members. We still have uh, some of my members who experienced the Great Depression, mm-hmm. uh, the period of time uh, of the 1930s, uh, great trial of hardship right here even in our own area in the upper midwest difficulty farming and that's left an impression and so we have an experience of like well there's a reason why they're so frugal or they make certain decisions <laughs> yeah. in their life because they experienced a, 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 a period of their formation where they went without and that has left an impact and so there are certain things that throughout their life that has formed their character i think very true, and, and the person pointed out to me that that'll be the same experience for our students and young people today that experience this change during this period of time of pandemic, and then perhaps that will leave a mark in their life of their experience of maybe they're more inclined to uh, be hypersensitive about sanitary uh, conditions, or um, maybe there's more of an awareness of personal health and well-being. Those are positive attributes. Yeah. Being a frugal person, not being a wasteful person for the people of the depression area, those are positive character attributes. And so uh, with all things we experience, we can hope and pray that we would you know, take what we've received and experienced and use that for the greater good. And again, as we spoke about in the last segment with the Legion of Mary, we're called to become saints. Mm-hmm. How can this help me be a holy person? And even how we interact with social media. Is this how a saint posts things on Twitter? Is this how a saint uses YouTube? Is this how a saint, you know, emphasizes or shares the gospel? Um, If we see all things through the call to holiness, then it helps us reset our position. And if we fall, then we know where to go. We run to Jesus. We receive his grace and mercy and forgiveness in the sacrament of reconciliation. We can be healed and we can be strengthened as we go forth. Again, 
trying to become saints. And so, Chris, as a husband and father, I'm praying you on your call to holiness, and uh, I ask that you pray for me oh, absolutely. as a priest of God, wanting to become holy and just trudging the road of happy destiny one day at a time. So, Amen to that. Um, we're so grateful for uh, just this opportunity to kind of reflect back on everything. We're going to take a short break here on Real Presence Live. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name's Father Tim Smith. And I'm Chris Euler. We're broadcasting from Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich, South Dakota. We're so grateful to be just proclaiming the call to holiness on this uh, beautiful morning as we recognize that God has called us to become saints uh, Chris, just kind of reminiscing as we uh, kind of put a period at the end of this first year of the pandemic experience. We were right here yeah. uh, kicking off. I remember uh, the producers trying to even, they had to correct me on saying, uh, well, how do you say the word COVID? I didn't know how, what to say <laughs> the right word. Uh, I, I was calling it COVID or something like that. COVID. I didn't know. I'm COVID sorry. I've been praying. I haven't been, you know, watching the news. Yeah. You know, and it was so new, right. so new, um, all these experiences that we had have gone through. But uh, and Chris, your work as a teacher, 
Um, but, you know, we're grateful that we have this opportunity now as we continue to move forward um, and just look towards, you know, holiness, happiness, and, and living a life of, of health and prosperity uh, in the gospel and, again, trying to become saints. And, Chris, you mentioned to me that uh, today's the commemoration of a, a saint in North America who lived a life of tremendous holiness. Who is it uh, that, uh, that died today and that we remember today? Yeah, St. John de Brebeuf, a uh, French missionary, French Jesuit missionary, uh, in particular to uh, will be what we look at as northeastern North America right now. Uh, we uh, know him as a, uh, as a martyr, of course, uh, but also as someone who did great work for, uh, to bring the faith to evangelize through his, his very his very life through his mission as a Jesuit. Um, and, you know, along with the other North American martyrs, we look at St. Isaac Jogues, St. René Gopil, uh, him uh, as these examples of great heroic faith. And so today we remember in particular way St. Jean de Brebeuf. And uh, you had visited uh, the place where he was martyred. You know, what was, tell us about that. What, what, what was exactly, you know, uh, tell me about that yeah. your experience. So actually, as I was thinking about it, you know, I don't know if I've actually visited the place where he was, but in particular where Isaac Jogues and Rene Gopil were. Okay. So Jesuits and the like, but the Shrine of North American Martyrs in upstate New York, uh, where... So I've been to the one where he was martyred. You've been to the real martyr place, Which is yeah. uh, in Midland, Ontario, which is north of Toronto, about, you know, about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. There's a pilgrimage that's done there, but... That whole area of the North American Martyrs. So there's actually a collective feast day that's celebrated on October 19th. Yes. which celebrates all these martyrs, uh, St. John de Brebeuf, St. Isaac Jokes, and companions, all those who uh, work together. And it's celebrated in, in the Canadian uh, calendar on a different day. But there's a martyr shrine in Midland, Ontario. And St. John de Brebeuf, his skull is actually a relic. Of course, in, in the, our Catholic faith, we have uh, the bones of the martyrs are held up as relics. That the body, and where this comes from, is that our bodies, which have been baptized in Christ, which have received sacraments, which have been anointed with holy oils, that these bodies are sanctified. They are made holy. That is our Catholic understanding of sanctification. Mm -hmm. And that we also read in the scriptures for those who say, where is that in the Bible? All our uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who are Bible-believing Christians but may not understand our use of relics, we also read in the scriptures, um, whether it was the bones of the prophets that brought people back to life, or as well as the fact that even articles that had touched the saints, like St. Peter's handkerchief, which was used uh, to bring about a tremendous healing in the life of someone, that this is also part of our understanding. We see this reflected in the sacred scriptures as well as in the life of the saints. And so even something which seems a little out of the ordinary to see the skull of someone who was killed for the sake of the faith, like St. John de Brebeuf, to see these things on display, display in gold reliquaries. Oh, yeah. Um, an interesting thing about... His skull is that is actually there are two. It's been split in two. One one half of it remains in a in a in a convent in French Canadian area north of Montreal, 
in that area, and then the other half is in Midland at the Martyr Shrine, which is run by the Jesuit Martyrs. The challenge with that is, uh, like all things, everyone wants to have that relic, you know, so yeah. uh, there's half of it there. But I've, <laughs> I've prayed there, I've had Mass at that beautiful Martyr Shrine, but uh, just one of the great homilies I remember, um, you know, about the North American Martyrs, I'm not sure if it was St. John de Brebeau for Isaac Jones. Do you remember which one, Chris? Um, he had gone on mission to North America, had been captured, um, and had actually had some of his fingers amputated. Do you remember Isaac which Isaac Jokes. That was, that was Isaac, Isaac jokes. jokes. He went back to France. Uh, he was in the seminary. He taught, I believe he was at the Louvain in France, which is a well-known uh, theological s- center in the Catholic Church. You know, during that period of time, we're, we're talking several centuries ago. And uh, even after that horrific experience of having those fingers removed, he went back to North America for the sake of proclaiming the gospel. Oh, yeah. You know, there's that tremendous zeal of, like, wanting to share the faith, that, like, nothing, not being afraid, not being frightened, but being willing to do whatever lengths it takes to share the gospel of God. And uh, one of the best homilies I heard was... uh, priest brother of mine, Father Kevin Zilberberg, uh, we were in the seminary, and it's possible, you know, in day-to-day life where people complain about things like, oh, this this soup is lukewarm, you know, right. like, how can we can't have, you know, hot soup, or this coffee is not very tasty, or whatever, and he said, can you imagine being in the seminary with St. Isaac Jobs, when you're <laughs> sitting around a table, and someone would say, Boy, this soup is not is too salty. And he could look at you across the table, and he could just hold up his hand, and he would see that he would have several of his digits missing. Yeah, and that would basically just silence you right away to say, "What a wimp you are!" Ugh. You know, like if you're not able to suffer just you know some salty soup, then like how could you possibly like argue you know that you are truly a disciple on mission with God, and that's the life of these missionary disciples and these martyrs right um, is that they inspire us to really like put some skin in the game as the example is you know like you know what like share the gospel like sometimes you got to go out there and guess what you might be rejected it yes. might be difficult it might involve some sacrifice. There's a great tradition in the life of the church, which is to read the Roman martyrology. And so each day, commemorating the days when certain saints died, you can read all throughout the history of the life of the church, the, the history of the faith. And you can read in different parts of the world where martyrs died and some of the circumstances of their death. And so in religious communities, this is a tradition that's done usually at the end of the day, uh, at the end of Vespers, different communities perhaps do it at different times. Usually a monastic community will read the Roman martyrology and it reminds you of like, hey, like this is serious. Like uh, offer it up. Like, uh And then you might look at the things that you've done in the day and you might think, well, maybe I need to really, like, bring, step up my game a little yeah. bit. Do you ever read some of those uh, Lives of the Martyrs at all in your life, Chris? Yeah, I was just, as you were talking about that in particular, you know, a lot of the Roman martyr, martyrology is the, you know, you look at the early church saints, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of thinking about, like, modern-day saints, you know, uh, that uh, have played an impact in my life. You know, I think of, in particular, you know, the big one that came to mind was a guy named Blessed Stanley Rother. Like, the guy's 
awesome. Yeah. He was a Oklahoma, uh, man from Oklahoma, uh, ordained in the 70s, uh, served the uh, Oklahoma City Diocese and its mission in Antigua, Guatemala. Uh, stuff got really bad there. His bishop calls him back. Uh, but he realized that wasn't the will of God. And he told his bishop, I'm going back to Guatemala. Well, lo and behold, he was martyred. Right? He went back to serve the people to whom he realized God was calling him to. And upon his martyrdom, uh, so I guess a fun little stat about this. The parish he was at in Antigua was founded in the 1500s. Okay. There was no seminarians up to that point. Father Rother is martyred, uh, and now there are nine priests and 70 men from that parish that are in formation. Like, the blood of the martyrs, yeah, that is the seed of the church. And is when that person... Stanley Rother, in this case, follows the will of God and says yes. And the fruit that comes from it is insane. Um, I think of Maximilian Kolbe, right? That guy gave his life for a Jewish man. Uh, and look at what kind of saint he is. Look what kind of an example he is to so many people in our world today. Um, and even just in like the little ways, Pier Giorgio Frassati, mm-hmm. another modern-day saint. I love that guy. He had tons of wealth, tons of riches. Uh, that his dad had given him. And he was giving it away and giving it away and giving it away to the point of him catching tuberculosis or catching, uh, excuse me, an illness uh, from people who was serving and ended up passing away. And then at his funeral, there was like 10,000 homeless people and 10,000 underprivileged people. Like these little sacrifices add up so much in the life of Christ. And like I, I for one, am like, I am apt to complain about a lot of little things. So I'm always convicted in looking at the life of the saints that I think about Christ and what he suffered and what he had endured. Uh, and I'm like, dang. Yeah, I offer need to be it better. So, <laughs> yeah, there's some beautiful examples and witnesses. I got to add one more in there, too. I'm a, a graduate of St. Mary's University of, of Minnesota, uh, Winona. Yeah. Uh, so that our listeners in southern Minnesota. And shout out to Servant of God, Brother James Miller, who was oh, declared yeah. a martyr by Pope Francis two years ago, uh, representing my alma mater. So we'll be right back talking about the love of God and the saints and the glory of God right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. 